0: Let's stand and worship the Lord this morning. Oh, let's do it.
1: Thought, but
2: This is truly a special day for all you, for all you fathers out there. Happy Father's Day! Uh, we're here to celebrate, though, as as awesome as we think we we are. <laughs> we're here to celebrate best dad ever, the best dad ever. Our Heavenly Father, He loved us so much that He gave His only Son. For us, because He loves us, He wouldn't That's do that. Right. For, I wouldn't do that for anybody. That's right. Come on. He loves us so much, and He wants us. He wants us to live a happy, wonderful, abundant life. But you know, just like the devil tempted Jesus, that this world will promise you, will promise you everything. You can have anything you want. you're going to live a full, abundant, happy life, is through the Word of God, it's through His Word, His Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, He gave His life, He sacrificed us so we can be up there with Him, our Heavenly Father, thank you. Everybody for joining us here. Thank you for joining us online. If you if you're watching us online, if you're with your fathers, give them a big hug. They're gonna need it. If your father's already passed, he's right here in your heart. God knows that. All right. So please, thank you for joining us. Please look around, say hello, say good morning to everybody. Open your heart to somebody new. Welcome to church.
3: Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, you excited today? Happy Father's Day. Oh my goodness. You know what's fun is I was I was telling I was telling our, our team who gets here at 8 o'clock in the morning. I said, you know what? Mother's Day is always packed because all the moms want their kids to be in church. But Father's Day, cricket, cricket, cricket. Because they want to go camping and fishing and do all these other things. And and so, for the dads that are here, you are awesome. Thanks for being incredible. So glad you're here, making church a priority, such an awesome thing. I'm going to be preaching to all your friends that didn't make it today. So you can send this to them. Say, hey, I made it to church. You need to hear this word. But anyway, let's let's pray for a moment before we get into our tithes and offerings. Father God, we just thank you for today. Heavenly Father, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you for loving us and showing us an example of love. And, And Father, we just invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, dwell here. Be here with us today. Touch our hearts. Touch our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As our ushers pass the buckets there, I was thinking about, and and I know that this is probably the most used tithe verse in the Bible. Can anybody guess which one it is? Oh, good. You don't know. That's awesome. Wonderful. Malachi 3 verse 10 is probably the most quoted tithe verse in the Bible. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. How many of us have tested God in this area? Got some people who have tested God in their finances. This is one of the areas, and if you actually look in the Bible, God talks about money so much. Why? Why would God talk about money so much? He talks about money so much because we worry about it so much, right? Is anybody with me? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times, you know, when if, if, if somebody is going through marital challenges, a lot of times it's one of three things, communication, sex, and money, one of those three things is usually the issue. And if it's money, can I tell you something else? It's probably because, not because they have too much of it. Anybody argue because you have too much money? No, I, I, we just have too much to spend. I don't know what to do. I, I, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm not meant to be with you. We make too much money. Uh, no, that's not it, huh? That's, that's not the same arguments. But test God in this and see if he won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. There's just something. I've got, I've got people who aren't here today because they started testing God in this, and their business has grown so much in it and through it that the, a lot of the times, like, Pastor, I can't make it. I've got too many clients. I've got to hire some more people. I don't know what I'm going to do because they started exercising their faith in this way, talking about something you can't contain. Amen? I just love how God can do that. So if you haven't yet, take God at his word. And test him in this and see what he'll do. He'll pour out a blessing you can't contain. Ah, how many dads do we have in here this morning? We got some dads in here. You know what? Dads, you deserve refreshment. Do I got an amen? I've got our ushers. They're going to start bringing you some brew right now, some, some dad's root beer. We got a couple people getting back there to get some of those. And then I also got you some beef sticks and cheese to make sure you, you know, when you kiss your bride that it's like, delicious you know what i'm saying and they're all going oh come on pastor what were you thinking what were you thinking you know what can i can i get can i get three of those root beers you know we're gonna we're gonna toss it back today it's gonna be that good thank you they're a twist top right yep they're twist top oh we got four that'll be even better that's good yeah, no, that's perfect, that's perfect. Let's see, I need, I need three dads to come up here. Give me, give me three dads. All the ones that had great college experiences or military experiences, get up here. There's one, two, three, get up here. There you he go, right there. Get up here, get up here. Come on now, come on. Okay, so we got, we got three, we got three, good, we got three. All right, get up here. So I, I'm assuming you guess what we're about to do. Oh, we are. We are. And since they brought four, I'll do it with you, and we'll see what happens. That's a lot of carbonation. Gonna burp, That's going to be quite the burp. That'll be quite the burp. So we're going we're gonna to pass these out. If, if you're a sipper, you can sit down. It's fine. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So who, who do you think's going to get this thing down the fastest? What was it? I drink a lot of beer. Oh, it smells good. It smells good. I, I think Cody's probably going to win this. Do you think you get it? No, he doesn't think. Do you think? So Cody Cody's the only one that's confident here. So can you, can you guys like shout and get crazy while we do this? Is that all right? All right, you guys ready? Three, two, one. Oh. There he goes. Oh, that's killer. I'm gonna save the other half of that for during the sermon. Did you? What did you do with that, dude? He was finished like ten minutes ago. What were you doing? That's crazy. Did you just kill that? He's just like, what are you guys doing? I thought you were taking a break like me. I've holy moly. Well, then you then you win that. You win that. Yeah, yeah. Good job, guys. Good job on second. We were all paying attention to you, man, this whole time. Goodness gracious, how did you do that? Here, here you know what? You can have, you can have extra snacks. There you go, extra snacks. That's that's like communion for for men, right there. Beef and cheese. You know what? <clears throat> Let's see. We had those three guys do it. I, I need I need two more dads. Two more dads that just think they are the best dad in the world. Who is it? Yeah, Pete's arrogant enough. Get up here, Pete. Who else we got? Get up here. Get up here. Get up here. I'm going to mute myself for a second because I. If beef and cheese wasn't creepy enough, come on, somebody. <clears throat> so. I was watching these YouTube videos the other day, and and I was watching these ones where kids are like inches away from death, and their dad catches them. Have you guys seen those videos? If you haven't seen them, go on YouTube and check that out. But it's like all these videos, kids are like falling off the couch, and dad might be like in the middle of video games and just like catches them like out of nowhere like Spider-Man. And and so I figured we had all these like baby toys in kids' church that I'm going to see how many you can catch. But if you drop them, the minute you drop one, we're done and we got to see how many you caught. So imagining grandkids and and kids and so we're going to, you guys ready for this? Yeah? All right. Who wants to go first? Pete? Pete? Perfect. All right. Are you ready? Let's see how many you can get. Ready? Here we go. You got to hold on to all of them. Don't let them fall. You got to make sure you get them all, Pete. You know, don't miss any. Oh, gosh. Oh, that poor little bunny. It's not a kid. We just threw that in there. Oh, no bunnies were hurt in the middle of making this service. Let's throw those four babies. Good job. Four babies. I mean, that's a lot. You did. You caught that one and then dropped it. It's okay. He still loves you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Are you ready? Going to get this? Okay, here it goes. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Oh, he got five, he got five, ladies and gentlemen, baby catchers, you guys are good dads, thanks for playing, there you go, that's for you, that's for you, let's get these creepy babies off the stage, whoa, I passed, I got, I got one baby, I can handle one thing at a time, oh my goodness, too much fun, is it okay to have fun in church, I think it's okay to have fun in church, so it's okay to have fun in church. Awesome. A couple of announcements, a couple of things we got coming up. <coughs> first of all, if it's your first time here, welcome. I, I see mostly family here, but, but if, you, if this is your first time here, welcome. We're glad you're here. We have a gift for you. As you leave, hit that, hit that little desk that you saw on your way in. Get your gift. I'm breathing hard. Gosh, I was just so scared for those babies, you know, but, uh, but get your gift. We love you. We'd love to connect with you and be a part of your life even more. Um, Where are my youth at? Do we have some youth in here today? Yeah. Well, you're going to be screaming even more on Tuesday night because I got so much candy and so much popcorn because we're going to watch a movie at my house on Tuesday night. So it's going to be fun. You guys voted on it on Instagram. I do not know what that movie is, but we will see what happens. It'll be fun. Hopefully you pick something appropriate. We'll see what happens. But I haven't seen it. I don't have teens of my own, but we'll have a good time. It'll be fun. Also, I want to... Oh, my goodness. You know what? Um, Reynolds, can you stand up for a minute? I'm going to embarrass you in front of everybody. Is that all right? This is Ed and Julie Reynolds. And Ed and Julie and Taylor. Taylor's not here. But Ed and Julie and Taylor are our youth leaders. And they have just been incredible. And I have to tell you, I have to brag on these two for a minute. And, and Taylor, but especially these two. Because last minute, they put on a yard sale for our youth. And in one day, raised $1,400. One day. Two days? She's like, correct me. Pastor, it's two days. If you know anything about my preaching, everything's exaggerated and absolutely true. So in two days, they raised $1,400. But in a week, it ended up being about $1,600. Is that right? Afterwards? Yeah. About $1,600. So thank you guys so much for doing that. That paid for two whole campers and, and, and then some. So I'm super excited about that. It was so successful that we're going to do it again. And we're going to do it again on July 2nd with a little bit of preparation time. Now, I know some of us will be gone for our 4th of July weekend. That's okay. If you have stuff that you'd like to donate, please don't, don't donate junk because people won't buy that. But if donate some things that you're like, hey, you know, I've been weaning to get rid of this thing or do this, and I think it would bless somebody. Come and see us. Come see Ed and Julie. They, they've opened up their courtyard to hold some things, and, and, uh, and we can bring the church trailer and come and pick that stuff up. But reach out to us. Let us know, because we want to raise even more money for these kids, because camp is going to be epic. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be so much fun. So I can't wait. So be a part of that. It's going to be amazing. Where are my men at? Do I have some men in here today? That's what I'm talking about. Men bark. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we just go back to our primitive nature, and that's what Fight Club is for. So Fight Club, this Thursday, Adam just put a message out on the app saying he has a surprise for us. I don't know what that is. He did not get approval for the surprise. So it's going to be that good. So I I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to do that. That'll be a good time. But make sure to come out on Thursday night. Married couples. Do we have some married couples in here? Some of you watching online, married couples date night, we are going to the Storm Baseball game on June 30th, so it's getting here pretty quick, but get on the Church Center app, sign up for that, I know you guys just signed up for that, I know Chelsea and I are signed up for that, I don't even like baseball, but I'm going to have fun with you guys, right? I mean, my Oilers are out of the playoffs, so it is what it, I guess there's other sports, I'm not, I'm not sure what they are, they, there's... That's what I've heard. Um, So we're going to go watch baseball. We're going to have a good time. I'm probably going to eat a lot and be ridiculous because I heard hot dogs are a thing at baseball games. Is that true? Okay, because I'm going to enjoy that. That's going to be amazing. Oh, that is, that cannot be true. Um, Oh, let's see. I was... I forgot that I'd, I made a typo. You know, I, I exaggeration, right? Um, I'm looking at the Estonia Bible Project, and, and it says we've been able to raise money for over 1,000 Bibles. That is absolutely not true. But over 100 Bibles, <laughs> that's still good. That's still exciting. And your pastor exaggerates it is what it is. All oh, right. Uh, the, the kids, last Sunday, that was their first Sunday, um, getting, doing the Bible Project just for the kids, and the kids raised enough uh, for 14 Bibles. Isn't that awesome? So awesome. So awesome. I'm excited. Who's excited to get in their word today? Oh, my goodness. I want to talk to some people online. Let's see how people are doing. Oh, it turned itself off. Darn it. That's what I get for changing pages really quick. Ah, where are you? Are we still online? Yeah, there it is. There it is. Had to click the right link. There it is. Oh, my gosh. They say the camera adds 10 pounds. Dear heavenly baby Jesus. We need a new camera, you guys. So I'm just saying right now, you know, maybe it's half that root beer in there. Anyways, I wonder if I'll get, like, calls. Somebody just joins in the middle of service and, mm, Jesus is good. No, anyway, just mess with people online. That'll be awesome. Um, Sal, thanks for joining us. Phil, thanks for joining us. Quinn and Beniva, you're awesome. Bush family, love you. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. Thanks for watching and being a part. Be sure to put some stuff in the chat, and, and I'll check that again later on during service. But do I have some paper Bible people in the house this morning? Ooh, we got some paper. That is getting more bedazzled by the day. That is incredible. Oh, my goodness. Don't hold that up with the light shining. It will be distracting. I'm just telling you right now. I, saw, I thought I saw some Bibles over here. They're just heavy. That's what it is. You can't hold them up that long. You know, you've got the old school Bible case right there. You can pretty much hold everything in your whole life inside that one. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles today to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And while you're turning there, um, if you're if you're a techie person, you got you, you use your Bible and your smartphone. Let me see. I want to see the screens. There it is. There it is. I'm just checking. Is it Facebook? Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And I'm glad you're on your Bible. I'm on Facebook because I want to see whatever the people are saying about me. Like, dude, the camera does add 25 pounds, Pastor. That's crazy. You guys, I'm I'm so slim. All of you online people, I'm just telling you. Like, I've I've lost 100 pounds. I don't know what's wrong with our camera. We'll get that fixed for next week. We'll make it all work. Oh, my gosh. Sinners in church. Sinners on the platform at church. Goodness gracious. Who allows people to do that? Anyway. Okay, Proverbs chapter 22. This, what is in this thing? It's good. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. I, you know, I was looking up some acronyms for dad. Does anybody like acronyms? Some people like acronyms. Like, like I was looking up some acronyms for dad, and I I, I ran across some pretty fun ones, and when I, when I was reading these, I was thinking about some dads, and I was like, oh goodness, like, I wonder how these would go, but one of them that I found was domestic animal diversity. Yeah, I was thinking about some of our kids. Are you with me? <laughs> like, like, oh Lord, like, whose kids are these, you know, and, and all the wives said they take after dad. That's right, that's right. You know, the, another one that I read on there was dual arch design. You know what that means? That's like taking the kids to McDonald's. That's, that's what it means to me. Like, I don't know if that, that's probably a real acronym, means something to somebody. But what that meant to me is dad rocks because he takes me to McDonald's. Are you with me? That's, that's what I read when I read that one. This, one. this one related to me a little bit more now that I've gotten into my mid-30s. Delay and dislocation. Yeah, yeah, that was another acronym I found on there. It, it kind of went with this one too. Disability Awareness Day. Yeah, that's another good acronym for DAD, right? Disability Awareness Day. Oh, man. You know, th- this one probably relates more to my men who go to fight club right here. Defender Against Death. Come on. Like, don't you just feel like you're in a loincloth, like holding up a sword right there in that moment? Defender Against Death. If you have teenagers, this one, this one will fit you. Deposit Accounts Department. <laughs> yeah. Hello, money bags. Come on. Get over here. You know what? This, this is the one that really stood out to me the most. And When I read this one, it, it made me think of all of you. Downright awesome dude. Yeah. Dad. Dad. Come on. Somebody give a shout for their dad this morning. Oh, my goodness. So the message title this morning is D-A-D, The Making of a Godly Father. D-A-D, the making of a godly father. Who's in Proverbs 22, verse 6? Good, you made it there. I'm glad I gave you enough time. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. As godly fathers, one of our first things that we need to do is give our kids direction, is to direct their path. It's it's to drive them in the right place. I mean, as your kids get older, they get into sports, and you're driving them all over the place, right, Mom, right, Dad, right. Where you, you have to get two cars just so you can make it to ballet and soccer. Yeah. Are you with me? Right, trying to get through all those things and get get into those different pieces. And but as our as we are to drive the direction of our families, are we driving our families closer to God or down a different path? You see. When, when we don't prioritize the things of God, our kids are watching, whether we think they are or not. But I get them to church every week, Pastor. Mm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what happens from day to day. Where are we driving our kids? You know, if my kids were watching me, now this, this is convicting for me too. So you got to understand, like when, when I have, look at my calendar, I, have, I had all the Oilers games in my calendar. All of them. Not a single one missed. I know how to link it to the NHL.com account to make sure that all the Oilers games are on my account. But so I know that I prioritize that. If we look at my calendar, I prioritize that. But am I prioritizing time with my boys? Did I did I think it important enough to put it in my calendar to spend time with Noah, to spend time with Judah? Come on, dads. I know this is convicting remember, I'm preaching to the people that aren't here right now. This is not for you. This is for them. Because when you send it to them, they're going to they're feel this, okay? But as we, as we go through this, point number one is D is for driven. I will drive my family toward God. I will drive my family toward God. You know, if we're not driving our families toward God, maybe it's time for a course correction. Is anybody go okay with that? Oh, my gosh. I, I lied to you last week, didn't I? I did. I did. I told you that we were going to go into a series about kittens and all happy things, but still here we are in heavy stuff, huh? Goodness gracious, teaching men how to be men of God. I know. That's hard. Women, I know you feel it. You're like, I'm not off the hook. I, I need to do these things, too. It, it really fits all of us. Are we driving our families towards God? You know, and it even goes deeper than that. Are we driving other people towards God by how we live? Let's go right here to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. It says, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you, verse 3. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. You know, as you read that, I was, this week, I was spending some time with a friend, and, and uh, as we were talking, and we actually were actually talking online, and he was sharing with me of all the different things that God has done, and, and where he's come from, and his ministry experience, and he said, hey, listen, pastor, I believe that my life is more of a recommendation than anything else, but I tell you what my pastor said, if you need it, he'll send you a recommendation letter, or let you know about me. And I love that. I was like sitting there thinking to myself, you're absolutely right. Our lives should be the recommendation letter. This is, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. I don't need to tell you. I don't have to promote. I don't have to write it out for you. Just watch. Just watch. And how many of us, that's convicting. Oh, which time are you watching? When are you tuning in? Right, Because there's a difference between when we're sitting here on a Sunday morning and everybody's tuning in online all over the world, right? And, and, and then it's Monday morning. Might look a little different. Huh. Come on. Come on. It's that moment where what are they tuning into? What are they watching? What are they seeing? Are we living in such a way that no one has to talk about it because they just see it? Come on, somebody my life will speak for itself. As fathers, we must live our lives in a way that we are driving our kids, our families, and other people toward God. As we set our sights upon the things of heaven, we're getting the GPS of our hearts and the hearts of our kids on the things of God. That's the question, isn't it? Is that what we're doing? And if we can sit for that moment and look in the mirror and going. Is that if 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 I were to look at my life, if people are looking at my life, would they be drawn toward God? It's a hard question, isn't it? Gosh darn it, these sermons, huh? You got you guys gotta pray more. Because, you know, if you pray like, pray, Lord, that He'll give me a sermon on overcoming or this or that or something exciting, but man, these convicting ones, I don't know if I like these so much, God. You guys gotta pray more. You pray more, I'll get different sermons. Because that's all I do to get my sermons. I don't have like a sermon catalog that I pull from. It's just, I just go, Lord, what do you want to say? And he goes, this is what I want to say. I'm like, you sure is what you want to say? Because I don't know if I even like having to, I got to look in my own mirror for that one. Like, oh, oh, all the Oilers games are on my, oh, my kids are not, oh. <laughs> These are convicting things, right? Amen. But we're growing together. We're growing together. Somebody say we're growing together. Proverbs 13, verse 24. This one it has has been like a lost verse a little bit. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now, it doesn't mean that you hit them with an actual rod. We're talking about discipline. Now, in that time, it probably did mean that it was an actual rod. But at the same time, it's discipline. It's teaching our kids. Now, I was sitting with my nine-year-old this last week and And he was pretty upset with me as I was having him do more chores and things like that. And he's telling me how I'm torturing him and that I don't love him, that I just waited for him to grow up old enough to do my chores for me. But you know what? I told him as we were working on it is I said, I want you to be a functional part of society. I want you to understand what hard work means. I want you to understand the value of it. Because if you will work hard, harder than your peers then you'll be more successful. You'll do greater things with your life. I asked him questions like, do you think you'll get married someday? And he said, well, yeah. I said, do you think your wife's going to want to marry somebody who doesn't know how to work hard? "Uh, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. I don't know. Let me just tell you the answer is no, she will not. Teaching our kids through disciplinary action is caring for them and giving them the attention they need. To make great men and women of God. Oh, I know. If any of you are parents like me, I hate, 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 hate. My three-year-old would be so upset that I said the word hate. He's like, Dad, that's a bad word. But I hate having to discipline my kids. I hate it. I, you know, I know some. this is probably not popular, but I, I still spank my kids. Yeah, I do. I do. I spank my kids. So if that's if that upsets you, there's great churches where I'm sure they don't tell you the truth and that they actually spank their kids too. But they won't tell you that because they don't want to tell you the truth and offend you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I spank my kids. Not because I want to hit them or hurt them. A lot of the times I'm very quiet and calm when I'm giving them a spanking and helping them to understand why this would happen. I'd say, listen, I don't want you to go to jail someday. And if you learn this right now, if you learn that pain is associated with bad choices, then I'm hoping by the age of 18 that you start making choices that don't hurt so much. Amen, somebody? Come on. Like, I I just want my boys to be men of God. I want them to be the the ones that are going and rescuing those who are still making bad choices. Are you with me? I want them to have learned that, hey, that doesn't feel good. The point is not to hurt them or to maim them. The point is to get them to think the next time they make a choice. Ooh, if I make this choice, it might hurt. Come on, somebody. I don't need to teach my p- kids what to think. I need to teach them how to think. Amen? Here's, here's num- uh, uh, point number two. A is for attentive. I will give my attention to those I love. I will give my attention to those I love. My beautiful bride, she is absolutely amazing. Does anybody love Pastor Chelsea? Yeah. She is so incredible. She's over in kids right now. She's She does that pretty much every week. She was supposed to be in church last week, but Judah got sick. And so it was like, darn it. The one week she finally gets off and she doesn't get to have off. She has to watch from home. But my beautiful bride, she she convicted me this week. Now, she said to me, she said, it breaks my heart. And I said, what? And I, of course, I I said it in such a nice manner, right? I was like, what is it that breaks your heart, my dear? No, no, I was like, what? What breaks your heart? Because I knew she was talking about me. Here it comes. Are you with me? She said, it breaks my heart because the boys want your attention and you're, you're busy on social media. Of course, I responded with repentance and love. And Nope, I, I was actually late for a meeting, so I walked out the door and I slammed the door angry and got in my car and went to my meeting and all cranky. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it great to know that we're all human? Oh, you, so many people just lost respect for me right there. It's okay. Here, you know what? And when I got home, I apologized. But it was one of those moments where I didn't want to admit that she was right. I was pretty upset. I, was, I didn't like the idea that, man, did I really miss it? But how many of us are so busy doing things that won't matter five years from now, but that little person, that young person, will matter five years from now, and how they interacted with you, how they, like, especially for dads, listen, I, I believe in father power. There's a, there's a lot of power in having a good father, a lot of power, and, and for you dads and for you moms, it, it applies to all of us, but when you have that example of somebody who is going after Jesus, the, just the power of a praying father, you know, my, my biological dad died last year in March. And when I got to go and spend time with my family over in Florida and, and got to talk with them, one of the things I learned about is that he prayed for my brother, my sister, and me every night. My brother and sister. I didn't live with him. I didn't grow up with him. I grew up in a different family. I was adopted, right? So I, I, I didn't know this, but he'd been praying for me his whole, my whole life, praying for me every single day. Now, i got to tell you something. Now, I love the family I grew up with. My, my mom is my mom, right? But, and then my adopted dad is my dad. That's who I know is my dad. And so I love my family. But i got to tell you, i got to be honest with you, my life went in a completely different direction than my family I grew up with completely different. As, as far as my faith and, and my belief in God, I was considered like the white sheep of my family. Are you with me? Like, like what the heck is wrong with this kid? Like he's, he's sitting in concordances all day long reading the Word of God and, and only to find out a couple decades later he'd been praying for me every night, not knowing. I know he's growing up over in Washington. I know he's grown up with another family, but Lord, protect him. Lord, I pray that he knows your voice. I pray that he reads your word. I pray that he knows you. And here I am at 12 years old reading a concordance. How many people don't even know what a concordance is? Come on, somebody. A concordance is the the giant book that we used to have before the Internet you'd have it right next to your Bible and you'd go in and you'd look up a word like, okay, it says in this part, it says mountain and I'll go read. How many how many times does it say mountain in Hebrew and in, and in Greek? How many of you would be like, what in the heck is my kid doing? <laughs> Reading that giant book, looking up all those different things. This is what God can do when we are doing what God's asked us to do as parents. Come on, somebody. Paying attention. Paying attention to the right things. In Deuteronomy... Uh, Chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Come on, this sounds like God is talking directly to me. Verse 9, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So that's all in reference to verse 5. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. If I'm honest, am I really putting in that kind of effort? towards the kingdom of God all somebody say all all your heart all your mind all your soul and all your strength if I'm honest even as a pastor who pastors full-time this is what I do for a living I'm not giving my all are you with me there's times where I'm being selfish do I have any selfish people in here just like me Good, good. I I just want to make sure I'm in good company. Misery loves company. So I just want to make sure that I'm hanging out with sinners just like me. It's because there aren't any perfect people. But I'm not, I know I'm not giving my all. You know, a lot of the times when I'm doing something selfish, I didn't seek the Lord first on it. It's Thursday. I'm going to watch the game, honey. Like, make sure the kids aren't doing crazy stuff. I just want to watch the game. Mm, gosh, man, you know I'm I'm gonna sit down. This 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 sermon is just too rough. Like it's it's heavy. Goodness gracious! I mean, gosh, like that kind of attentiveness. I mean, I mean it's the word of God. So you must love must. That's that's a pretty direct word. Must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. That's a lot, Lord. Everything I've got, I have to give to you. Well, if I want to teach my boys how to trust the Lord. See, maybe what they're learning from me is that, hey, when when I want to do something, everyone else needs to just do what I want to do. Oh, it's the game day. How how are my kids going to respond to that? <laughs> you know, I I love preaching at myself. This is this is some good stuff. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this home and study it because like it's just like, oh man, these are things I need to work on. Are you with me? Is it, I mean, thank you for letting me preach to me today. I. I appreciate it. I know you guys all got it going on because you guys got a great pastor. But for me, you know, I I got stuff to work on. Are you with me? So as we work on these things and we start thinking, are these things going to further the kingdom of heaven? Are they going to teach my sons how to seek the Lord? Or or am I just teaching them how to be selfish? Mm, mm, Golly. You know, get another cheese stick, get another... Beef stick, we gotta feel good about this somehow. Goodness gracious. I mean, who's taking their dad to lunch after this? Like, I promise you, they're looking forward to that right now. They are. They're like, holy crud, you invited me to this. Sheesh. You know, it's not enough just to check the box. We went to church. See, you you don't look back on your life, but I always made sure you went to church, at least on the days that. That my team wasn't playing on Sunday. I mean, I made sure you got to church. It's not enough to check the box. It's time to go to another level. It's time to go to another level because all of a sudden, when we go to another level, we start to unlock things in the Lord. Like, like I, I get people asking me, like, "Hey, how is it that when you pray that people get healed? Did you know that that will happen for anybody?" It says in the Word, "I'm not special. None of us are special. I don't have magical powers." Are you with me? Like. God says that if you will pray and believe and ask for things that are my will, I will do it. That's what he says. So as we sit and we spend time in our word and we ask God, teach me, show me, what is your will, what is your ways, show me your heart. And we start praying and we start seeing God move. Our kids are watching and they go, so that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, are you with me? Come on, somebody. I know this is convicting. Just get with, get through it with me. It's going to be okay. Tell your neighbor it's going to be okay. Pat him on the shoulder. Just like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Psalms 103, verse 13, it says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Come on, somebody. How many of us always respond in tender and compassion? Oh. I wish I could have told you that's what I did this week with Chelsea. You know what? Noah was standing right there as I mouthed off like a big jerk. He's watching. He's watching. Is this how I treat a wife? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Right? I got my toddler doing the same thing. Dad, that was not nice. You're going to go to jail. (laughs) You're right. You're right. And they do that to both of us. I know Chelsea's an angel in everyone's eyes, and I want to keep painting it that way. But things may be a little different when we're at home. That's it. That's it. But here's the thing, you guys. Like, they're watching, and they're seeing. And you know what? They're also seeing when you come back and apologize. Because sometimes that pride, when it sets in, you know, we all have it set in. But what, it's what you do with it afterwards. That makes the difference. See, being able to apologize or being able to set things right, that course correction. Come on. Creating that course correction yet again and watching God move in and through it all. You guys still excited? You still okay? I know. This is is deep stuff, huh? You're like, dude, 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 dude. I was like, I wish there was more in this than just some sugar. Come on, pastor. Here's point number three. Our last D in our acronym for DAD. D is for demonstration. I will demonstrate the heart of God. I will demonstrate the heart of God. As fathers in the faith, we show our kids and those around us what it means to follow Jesus. What example are we setting? Is this how you follow Jesus? I mean, Paul says to his disciples, follow me as I follow Christ. So follow me as an example of following him. Listen. If if it's all about us, like I know, I know it's good. Like the Bob, the Bible says, one of the only commandments with a promise is to honor your father and mother, and so it's good to honor your father and mother. Come on, can I get some parents to say Amen? It's good to honor your father and mother, but here's the thing: being honorable is that much more important. Hello. Being honorable is that much more important. What kind of example are we setting for our kids? What kind of example are we setting for the people around us? Like, are we the first ones to show up and the last to leave with joy on our face and ready to rock and roll? I got to tell you, I work at that so much. I remember working with a a pastor friend of mine, and, and he said to me, he said, Pastor Justin, not all of us are like you. We can't all just be best friends with everyone. I said, buddy, that's not normal for me. I grew up introverted. I mean, I was reading a concordance at 12 years old. How many friends do you think I had? Are you with me? Like, I had very little friends. And the only people I actually spent time with were people of other beliefs because I sat there and tried to prove them wrong on everything that they did. Are you with me? I was not the right kid. Are you with me? I'm sitting there with my Seventh-day Adventist friends, my, my Mormon friends. I'm sitting there with them going, ah, this is what the Bible says. I'm telling you right now. I read it in Greek and Hebrew, and here it is. You know how many people I brought to Christ doing that? Somebody make a big zero. Zero. (laughs) I I, I don't even engage with people like that anymore. Like when people want to argue about stuff, I'll go, oh, that's that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Can I ask, how's your relationship with your wife? How are you doing as a man, as a person? Because all of a sudden, if we engage with real things, Instead of just arguing about what we think the word says, it's amazing how all of a sudden those walls have to come down. Are you with me? Does anybody like to argue? We got—I know I've got some arguers in here. It's okay. Yeah, we got some arguers. You're like, nah. I like, I, who likes to be right? Oh, we like to be right, don't we? Yeah, I had a—I had a gentleman who is probably thirty, forty years my senior. He was pretty proud of himself. We we uh, we we met up for coffee one day, and he's like, "Oh, Pastor Justin, let me tell you, there was this guy that that, that he was he was he was sitting at at, at at Starbucks, and he was telling everybody about the 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 what is it called the Watch something Watch Society or something like that." I'm trying to remember. I apologize. Watchtower. Thank you. Watchtower. And he's like, and I went and I told him what's up. I told him the blasphemy that he was sharing with people. I told him. I told him how wrong he was. And you know what he did? I said, what did he do? He said he picked up his little stand and he put it in his car and he left. And he was pretty proud of himself. And I said, wow, man, that's what happened. I said, you want to know something? I would have been more proud of you if you would have invited him in for coffee. And he said, what? Why would I do that? I said, because you care about him. You see, all you saw was somebody who had it wrong. Can I tell you something? Like, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He had it wrong. But the passionately negative are still passionate. If you can... Friends, somebody who believes something different than you, and you have some good conversations, and you start to understand how each other thinks and where they're at and why, why they think the way they think, all of a sudden they start to care about what it is that you think. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. You can't argue someone into believing, but you can guide them into it. You can love them into it can't tell you how many times as I sat with people who wanted to, they'd find out like, oh, wow, you studied like that? You you went and read the concordances? Well, here we go. Let's figure this out. Let's see how good you are. And now that I'm in this place, I'm like, I don't care how much you know, but I care about you. I care about you. I want you to know that you are loved. Like, I'm not going to love you more because you've read it in Hebrew and you've read it in Greek. I'm not going to love you more. God doesn't love you more because you memorized that. I don't know if you've read the same Bible I've read, but the Pharisees, he kind of looked down on them a lot. And the Pharisees were the most educated in the Word of God, the most educated in the Torah. But these guys got it wrong. They were so worried about how educated they were, they missed the Spirit of God. As soon as somebody knew more than they did, all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, I gotta prove them wrong. I gotta, I gotta condemn them. That's how Jesus got condemned. Because this guy can't do miracles. If I can't do miracles, I mean, I prayed for that same girl. Nothing happened. She's just too far gone. It must have been her parents' fault. It must have been somebody's fault. But they, she's too far gone. But then you pray for her, Jesus. You're, you're not in the synagogues with me. You didn't, you didn't go through the training with me. What? Who are you? Who is this Jesus? Come on, somebody. When we start letting love cover all those things, when we start seeking after the heart of God and not just the knowledge of his word. Listen, I I hope you are reading his word. I hope you do understand it. But I'm coming from the other side where I was using it as a weapon and it was meant to be used as a tool. I was using this thing to cut people down and tell them how wrong they were, try to get them to submit to my view of how this thing works. Instead of going, hey, listen, this is, this is a tool to rebuild you. You're broken just like me. And I you know what? Maybe together we can become whole. If we can seek and study his word together. Maybe if we understood his word together. Maybe if we spend time with the great physician, he starts to work on our hearts and show us more of who he wants us to be and who he's called us to be. And we can get excited together that God is growing us from the inside out. All of a sudden, the, 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 the relationship changes. I sit now. A lot of the times, if I have somebody come over to the house, hey, do you know about God? Come on in, buddy. See, when I was a kid, my, my dad, he thought it was fun. He thought it was fun because as soon as somebody knock on the door with their little suit and tie on, he'd go, Justin! And here I come. What do you got? Went to battle. Now it's, come here. I'm proud of you. You're proud of me? Why are you proud of me? Because you're out evangelizing. You're out talking to people about what you believe. Can I ask you some questions about what you believe and how you understand it? Because I love you and I know that God's got a huge purpose for your life. Can I pray with you? It's amazing how their demeanor changes. And they've had every door slammed on them over and over and over again. Now somebody actually cares. See, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. (sighs) If we're going to change a nation, if we're going to change our city, if we're going to change just our household, you guys, it's going to be paying attention. It's going to be living after the Lord for ourselves and then living in a place of demonstration. Saying, listen, I'm not asking you to follow God blindly. Follow him as I follow him. Love him as I love him. Love people as I love people. I tell my sons, listen, Dad, I, I, I told them, listen, your dad is not perfect. But love how I love. When you think about it, would Dad do that? Dad's not perfect. Dad messes up. You watch him mess up. And you can call me out when I mess up. Tell me I did it wrong. It's okay. But here's the thing. Watch how I correct it." Did I apologize? I want you to apologize. Did I love anyway? I want you to love anyway. Did I look at people different? I want you to love people the way Jesus loves people. Follow me as I follow Christ. What would happen if we had a nation of men who stood on that? I've never seen so much division in my entire life than we're watching right now. There's so much division in the church. In the church. I've, ne- I've never been insulted by so many pastors about how I do things. I'm like, are you kidding me? I love you. I, got, I had people getting right in my face. When we were in the shutdown and we didn't open the doors of the church, first of all, we couldn't because it's a school. They, they decide whether we open the doors or not. I said, but at the same time, why does it matter to you? i got people in my face call me a coward. In my face, like, it's one thing they do it on Facebook or these other things. I got a, a, a little tiny woman about this, this height looking at me. You are a coward for not opening your church. And I thought to myself, this poor uneducated woman. She doesn't know I do church in a school and I can't open. It's not up to me. It's one of those things we jump to these conclusions of hatred and blame. And all these things, whether it's in the church or outside the church, this is what I'm watching all the time. We're so good at jumping to conclusions. I feel like we Americans are like the best long jumpers in the world. It's what we do. I look at you, oh, you must be one of those gun loving Jesus, whatever, all these things, Bible-thumping, blah, 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 blah. Or, or you're know, you, you you're dressed like that. Well, you must be one of those liberal, blah, 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 blah. You know what I see? I see Christ's son and Christ's daughter see someone that Jesus saw worthy to go to the cross for, whether they know what they're doing or not, whether they understand it or not, whether they hate me because I preach from this word every week or not, Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them, period. Not a comma, not an asterisk, period. Loves them, period. For God so loved the world. What is the world? It's everything that's against God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that they could be saved. Why is it that we put so much hate on people? And you know what's funny is the more I preach this stuff, the less people I see in these chairs. Because all of a sudden, when you tell people the truth, it's amazing how many of them get offended can't love we're not being like Christ period he loved them if you read his word it says love suffers long suffers long that means the more they spit at you the more they cuss at you the more that people look down at you it doesn't mean you respond like this you sit and you go thank you for giving that to me you don't need to hold on to that anymore I'm going to give it to Jesus because he already died for that too listen I love you I love you no matter how much you yell at me. I love you no matter how much you disagree with me. I love you in the midst of your sin, even if you don't think it is sin. I don't get to judge what's sin and what isn't. This does. God's Word does. And anything that falls short of perfection is sin. The word sin just means imperfection. Did you know that? Just imperfection. Does anybody have any imperfections? Hello. Hello. Oh, oh, happy day. We all have imperfections. The world is imperfect and it's more broken now than it's ever been. I pray that I'm not hearing hate coming out of this church in any way. And I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Any of it. Listen, I'm, that doesn't mean that I'm okay with the way the world is. Jesus isn't either. He he wants a bride without blemish, without spot. A perfect bride when he comes back. You know whose responsibility that is? Us. How are we taking care of his bride? His bride might be distraught. His bride might be misconstruing the world in every way possible. But what are we doing to change that? See, his word says, love overcomes a multitude of sins. Goodness gracious, I'm getting a little excited, aren't I? I apologize. I love you. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. Verse 15, My eyes will be open and my ears attentive. Somebody say attentive. Attentive to every prayer made in this place. That state of heart, humility. Every prayer made in that place. For I have chosen this temple, meaning you and me, and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. I know this was a Father's Day message. I'm glad I didn't drink all that. That was. Good. No matter where you're at, in your spirit right now, you might be broken. You might be like, dude, this convicted me so much. This hit home. Listen, this message hit home for me too. I'm an imperfect man who wants to be more and more like Jesus every day and less and less like myself. And as we grow together, as we grow toward God. And we make a course correction yet again to go back after him. We're going to see his glory and his goodness pour out over our lives. So if you're here this morning and you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you that opportunity. I want you to know my Savior the way that I know him. I hear his voice. He speaks to me. He shows me things. And if you don't have that yet, I want you to have that. I want you to have a real relationship with him. But that may mean that you have to die to yourself more and more. And what you'll find out is that dying to yourself, you actually find yourself. You didn't even know who you were. You thought you did. All of a sudden, the things that you get passionate about are completely different as you seek the heart of Jesus the heart of the creator so if you're here this morning you don't know Jesus I want to give you that opportunity nobody's looking around this is between you and him but if that's you right now and you're like gosh I want a real relationship with God I want reconciliation I want to see the fullness of what God can do in and through my life if that's you here this morning can you just raise your hand for me because I'm going to pray with you I see that hand I see that hand too God's doing a work in our hearts right now. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. Here we go. It's a new thing. For those two hands that were raised, or if you're watching online, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, if you're watching on our interactive site, wherever you're watching, if you put something in the chat, or, or if you're watching on our interactive site, push that little button that says, raise your hand, I'm giving my life to Jesus. If that's you right now, I want you to pray something like this. Now Listen. This prayer is not like a magical word. You don't need to write it down so you can pray it again later when you screw up. This prayer is just a prayer from your heart. And however your heart cries out to God, however you would talk to him, talk to him. It's not about the words. It's about the state of your heart. So pray, pray this with me, saying, Dear Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. I'm sorry for falling short. I'm sorry for being selfish, and God, I commit my life to you today. I ask, Lord, that you would come into my heart and you would change me from the inside out. God, I want to see the fullness of what you have for me. I want to hear and know your voice. I want to know you for myself, not just what the pastor says. God, I want a real relationship with you. If that's you, if you just prayed that prayer, then today is the day where things begin to shift. Today is the day where we start to see God moving in in your life. Today is the day where your sins are no longer on you because His blood has washed them away. Today is the day of salvation. Come on, somebody. And God has such purpose for your life. And there's more. There's more. I want to tell you, though, and some of you already know this, but some may not. Maybe this is the first time you gave your life to God. Or maybe you've rededicated it to Him again. But wherever you're at, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows when you go out there. It's not going to be all easy from here on out. Hey, I know and I have Jesus in my heart now, it's going to be good. No, a lot of the times it gets harder at first because that cleansing process is kind of like it's kind of like this water bottle if I had a bunch of dirt and junk in here and you squeeze it that dirt and junk starts coming out it's kind of embarrassing nobody wants to see it it's kind of like yucky you're like oh man look, don't look at me don't look at me there's something wrong with me that's how you end up feeling at first when you give your life to Jesus because you start to see how dirty you are how messed up you are But what Jesus does is he just starts pouring in and pouring in. And the more he pours in, the more junk comes out. And you're like, I don't know if I like this. And you start kind of wanting to put the lid back on. I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want them to know there's stuff wrong with me. But if you'll just stay open to God, just stay in that open state with the Lord. And you let him keep pouring in. And let the people see the junk. It's okay. And as that junk starts to come out and it comes out and it comes out, and all of a sudden it's less. And less and less. You know, the solution to pollution is dilution. Let God pour in so much good that there's no room for the junk anymore. God, I'm still messed up. I'm sorry for putting the lid on. God, I'm open to you. Pour into me. Show me who you want me to be. Show me how to be more like Jesus. And watch what he can do over and over and over again in your life. Your life will be a recommendation to heaven, written on your heart. As people look at you, they start to see the culture of heaven. They start to see the goodness of God. They start to see his miracles. Chelsea and I, we we traded in our car this week so that we could get a hybrid of the same exact car. So when you look at our car, it looks exactly the same. It just has a, like, hybrid sticker on it. I didn't just go buy stickers. We traded it for a hybrid car because the gas prices are getting crazy. But what was so cool is when we went and traded it in, I actually got a year older, which was crazy. A year older with 10,000 less miles on it. God is so good. But as I was working with the salesman, his manager was there and he was there. And when his manager walked away, he started asking me about God. I might have gone in there to save some money on gas but God had a purpose for him he might be watching right now I gave him the link and everything and showed him what to do, where to go And, and he was like, I might do that he had to come all the way back to my house to get a check for the down payment on it he asked some more questions he's like, so does God really bless you? and I got to point around all over my house I said, hey Listen, God blesses me with a lot of intangibles. I get to watch people's lives changed. But if you're asking about physical things, then let me show you. And I said, you see that Tahoe out front? That was given to me. You see the truck next to it? That was given to our church for $2,000 when it's worth $8,000. If you go in my garage, I have a motorcycle in there. That was given to me. That couch, that couch was given to me. That, that table was given to us for 50 bucks. I said, so God blesses us all over the place. It's insane. Wow, really? You just never know when you live your life just going after him. I actually, that was a blessing for him to ask that question because all of a sudden I start looking around instead of seeing what I'm irritated with, I start to see like, holy crud, God blessed me with all this stuff. Look at what he did. He even blessed me with enough money to put in this darn gas guzzler. Are you with me? And It just changes our perspective. But he also got to see this pastor is not just somebody who's religious. He was looking at us, he's like, you know, when you told me you're a pastor, I wasn't quite sure I could believe you. I told him, you know what, the most, the most meaningful thing that I've heard in the last, I don't know, five, ten years, was this gentleman who gave his life to the Lord in our church. And he said to me, you don't look like a pastor. You don't sound like a pastor, but I've learned more about God from you than I've ever learned in my whole life. I said, that touches my heart. I don't want to look like somebody who's up on a, on a pedestal somewhere that is unattainable. I am always approachable because Jesus was approachable. Jesus walked through the crowds. He touched people that all the rest of society said, they need to stay out. They're unclean. And Jesus would go up and grab their hand and say, Go, for you are made well. This is Jesus. Man, how much has the church just messed that up? We get so hung up on ourselves. Thinking, look at what I've done. Look at where I've come from. Oh, it's time to get back in the trenches. It's time to get dirty. I think about Jesus. How much did He shower? Not very much. He's walking from place to place, preaching, preaching. I get sweaty on a Sunday morning just preaching one message. This dude's preaching so long, people are falling over. Next time we go too long in service and you get upset, think about what Jesus did to some of these people. They fell out of the balcony, died. They had to pray over him, get him back. It's okay. God's good. Amen. Amen. Father God, I give you full permission to keep shaping this church. Living Stones Church is your church, God. Just like every other church in this valley, but we give you permission, Lord. Shape us, mold us, use us for your glory and for your will. Father God, I pray that this church would stand out not because of how good the music is, not because of how good the preaching is, not because of all the different marketing things we use. Father, I pray, Lord, that this church would stand out because the Holy Spirit dwells here. We know you. We know your voice, and we love you. We're up for some course correction, Lord. So God, we give you full permission to do it, work in our lives right now. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, amen. Come on, stand to your feet for a minute. Let's worship. Come on. I know you're ready for for Father's Day lunch. It's going to be good. But let's take a few minutes and glorify our Heavenly Father. God. You are worthy, God. Lord, thank you for pouring out blessings that we can't contain. God, thank you for caring about your people and speaking to us and showing us your truth. Father, I thank you for the course corrections, even though they don't feel good, even though it's convicting. Holy Spirit, we give you full reign to to make us into something beautiful. God, we just thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. You know, I know Father's Day is hard for a lot of us too, especially if you've lost your dad. A lot of memories, a lot of thoughts can be difficult. I never, my my biological dad never got to meet my sons. I regret that. But at the same time, I know he's watching I know he's watching down because he's up in heaven with the Lord. I know he's watching and he he loves his grandsons. You know, one of my best friends died last year 41 years old. and His kids are the same age as my kids. And they spent yesterday at a park with some friends and they wrote some notes to dad. And they connected him to a, a, a balloon. And sent them up to dad. I can't imagine what it's like for their mom. I can't imagine what it's like for them on Father's Day at three years old, at nine years old, and their dad's in heaven already. I can't imagine the pain that so many go through because of the relationship with your dad. But in this moment My prayer is that the heavenly father Would wrap his arms around you (sighs) I just got this picture My, My three year old As we walked out of the restaurant yesterday I picked him up In the air and I put him on my shoulders To walk out to the car and the joy on his face to be able to be on top of the world for a moment. And I just feel like the Heavenly Father is doing that with us right now. Where he's going, hey, I know your pain, but come here. Get up here. I want to give you a different perspective. I want to give help you to see a little different. I want you to know that you're secure on my shoulders. That I love you. And everything's going to be okay. So Father God, we just thank you for your comfort that surpasses all understanding. Father, for those of us that may have a not such a good relationship with our earthly dads, Lord, we just sit in the place of forgiveness right now, forgiving them where they did us wrong, forgiving them where they, they failed, forgiving them where they were just being jerks, forgiving them for walking out on us and leaving us. Father, we forgive them right now. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would go and comfort them. Comfort them, Jesus. Comfort them, Lord. This earthly man who messed up, and jacked up. God, we just pray your hand over them right now. And for all our dads that are in heaven right now looking down, I pray, God, that they're dancing on the streets of gold. I pray that they're throwing back some heavenly root beer. And they're having a great time worshiping you every single day. We can't wait to see them again. I know they're going to walk us down the streets and
1: make sure we know
3: how to get around when we get to heaven one day. So God, we just thank you right now for the time we did get to have with them, And we thank you right now for being in a place of forgiveness, a place of wholeness. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into every situation. If we can still call and, and and forgive our dads, I pray that that is something we do today. I pray that we can get to that place, not not so that they can know they're forgiven, but so that you can let go and not have to hold on to that junk anymore. So God, we just thank you right now for making making whole people again. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Ah, come on. God is good. Glory to you, God. Glory to you. Glory to you. You know what? Have an amazing week. Thanks for spending your Father's Day with us today. It means a lot to me. I, I got to tell you, I'm in my selfishness, right, I, I told you I'm still human, but I'm really excited because I get to go play hockey in a couple hours and my boys get to watch me play a game for the first time. So I'm really pumped. Pray that I don't break myself okay that would be embarrassing or if i vomit i don't want to vomit can you guys pray just like as you're going to, it doesn't have to be a big prayer just just be like lord don't let pastor embarrass himself in the name of jesus amen just like that okay have an amazing week i can't wait to see youth at my house on on tuesday it's gonna be awesome can't wait to see you men on thursday it's gonna be epic And I can't wait to see you all on Sunday with all your friends sitting in these seats. And maybe even my car dealer guy will be here. Who knows? In the name of Jesus, we'll see what happens. But have a great week. We'll see you next time. We love you.